0: Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me if you would. We have been teaching, and the Spirit of God has not given me anything else to move in a different direction. And we've just simply been teaching on the foundational truths of prosperity and uh, becoming prosperous Growing into the prosperous people that God has made us to be. Amen. And uh, the Spirit, it started with what God has said to me. God's plan is not just for us to believe and call for prosperity, but to develop for it. Um, every every developed business, every fortune five hundred, every successful business that has proven the test of time, what do they look for? They look for those to lead the business and what do they want to further develop it, right? They're always looking to develop what they have. Maybe there's a concept or an idea and they want that. They want to find somebody who can take that as a CEO or a CFO, somebody that's going to take that concept, a team and develop it right? God has prosperity planned for us, but he's interested in developing us so we can take that plan of prosperity and develop it in our lives and allow him to develop it in our lives. So we want to become developed people. We find because we have some truth, uh, some teaching in the truth of prosperity, biblical prosperity, mind you. uh, There has been bad prosperity teaching, uh, and then there has been no prosperity teaching. Neither one are scriptural. And so uh, God is interested in the whole man uh, to develop. He's not just interested in using us as little chess pawns where he can move us here and do this. He's interested in us as a child of his that we are growing. That's why John said, beloved I wish above all that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So he's interested in your body, physical body. He's interested in what you have physically but he's more interested and first interested in your soul, in your mind, in your peace. Anything connected to the soul of man is really connected to the peace of man. Amen? So he's interested that you live a happy, joy-filled life. Not that God is just looking to get you money so he can get money. He's looking that every part of your life. You know, that you're able to rejoice over every arena of your life. Not just uh, that he's trying to work something around you for you to be a part of. He's always looking to work something in you. Be interested in what he wants to work in you. This is where people get into a ditch. They want to call for money, call for money, call for money. That's where you know they they you know people will put a negative connotation on name it and claim it. We believe that Mark eleven says, whoever says to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he saith, they will come to pass. They shall have whatsoever they saith. That means you can speak to anything that you are facing and commanded according to the authority that Christ has given us and purchased for us, you can speak to it and it will change. It must obey the words. But is it words alone that changes it? No, it's faith-filled, power-filled words. That's what we're interested in. Any bird can repeat. My aunt has a bird named Petey Actually, she's got another, she now has two birds, Petey and Sweetie. And Petey has a few choice words, language that Petey picked up um, along the way, uh, somewhere along the way. And uh, my my aunt, I asked her when I was able to see her at at Thanksgiving, I said, um, how's, Petey and Sweetie doing? You know, oh, they're doing great. You know, what does Petey do? All Petey knows is to repeat my aunt's words, you know, or my, my uncle, he since uh, died, Pete, repeat my uncle's words. And so when you hear Petey talking, it's really what he's learned from my aunt and uncle. Petey didn't make up any words. You understand that. Petey did not create any, he does not have, he has enough cognitive process to repeat what they say. And they they almost understand that they're going to get a reaction based on what they say. And Petey can sometimes be nice, sometimes he's not. Um, My aunt's a little bit that way. She's a little bit of of a little fireball. And um, so... We are not made to be parrots of God's word, right? When Petey says what my aunt said, Petey doesn't get the same response that my aunt gets, right, Uh, because Petey doesn't have the authority. Petey is just happy that he found a home to live in, you know what I mean? And somebody that's gonna feed him and be good to him. Same with us. If you just see Mark 11 as I need to hear something and repeat it, you're missing the whole thing. And so we can't leave. Again, this is we're talking about, the development of a man, the development in our authority, the development in who we are in Christ, where we've been seated, where we have been placed, that you're not talking to a situation. You're talking and addressing it from where God has placed you amen? Petey sits up on his perch, but just because he's the highest in the room doesn't mean he has the greatest authority, right? The devil's gonna make everything seem louder, higher, over your head. That's why Jesus said, whoever says to the mountain, that mountain is going to look like it is above where you're sitting. The mountain is gonna look like it's higher than where you've been placed. The mountain is gonna look like you're never going to be able to get over it. That's why Jesus used the mountain, is because the devil wants you to think that what you're facing is going to be higher than where he's placed you. Amen? So if you want to live and walk and develop in prosperity, we must first understand where we have been placed. Amen? Um, and that we're not just people calling for money and for stuff. When you learn that it's not about the money and the stuff, the money and the stuff actually will come quite easy and quickly because you get your eyes off of the money and the stuff and you start putting your eyes on him, amen? And before you know it, here come money and things and God is able to flow and funnel and grow and develop you because you are the one that's developing his kingdom. You're interested in his development, amen? Hmm. Um, <clears throat> let's go over the three things that we talked about. Number one, who remembers the three things? Number one in the development prosperity is, anybody remember? Reverence, that was a minimal answer, so we're good thing we're going over this again. Number one is reverence. Reverence in God's presence and when we feel his power, and his movement. When we are together maybe in church, maybe when something uh, moves and stirs in your heart, reverence is easy. What about reverence when things are not moving in the direction, right? Things are pulling you away from the direction of reverencing God. How many of you were able to watch some of the Miracle Crusade this week? Oh, Pastor Nancy ministered every night on reverence and honor. It's so rich. Yes. If you did not get to see those, um, I will not try to repeat that. But I find it interesting that God wanted to emphasize that in the Miracle Crusade when it's been also been a heavy emphasis here. So God is trying to get something to us regarding reverence and honor because that was the first thing He gave me in this list and hasn't gotten me on, off of it since. There's more we're going to look at today. Reverence in his presence is not hard. It's reverence under pressure that will test a man's level of godliness. We look at those of old, those who have, we have record of in the scripture. We have Job, Moses, David, Joshua, Caleb, and many of the kings uh, that chose to serve, the kings of Judah that chose to serve him and honor him. And we can look at their lives and look at how God was able to work on their behalf. And we can see that under pressure, they never compromised in reverence for God. They would not. And those who would compromise, those who, those, like Asa who tried to use his money and his influence instead of God, had God had undertaken him, he gets a little bit of substance himself. So he's going to take out of the treasury to try to buy his deliverance and buy, you know, them some relief. You can't purchase relief. And so we see it didn't turn out so well. So we may still go back. But the ones who truly reverence, they continued in God undertaking for them, prospering them. Uh, The people prospered. And one of the things we often see, and uh, looking back at some of these uh, times, those who reverence God, there was continued peace even in the people in that kingdom. They would say, you know, so-and-so reigned for, you know, so many years, and there was peace, there was, uh, you know, so-and-so reign from this time to this time. They started when they were this old. And from the time they came in, and maybe one of them, they would take down the idols and uh, the high places, and they would restore back the honor and the reverence to God that the people had walked away from. When they would do that, we would oftentimes sit here, read in the Scripture and see that God was able to provide peace for all the people. Amen? Peace in your home is going to be determined by the reverence that you give to God. You cannot manufacture God's peace. You cannot pay for it. You cannot uh, work for it. Amen. Um, So, number one is reverence. And uh, reverence is not about being sin conscious, but conscious of how quickly you can go the way of sin. Be mindful. You have a flesh. In case you weren't totally aware of that. And you have a mind. And your mind has, or your flesh has a mind. The Bible talks about the mind of the flesh. Say the mind of the flesh. My flesh has a mind. And if it has a mind, that means it has thoughts and it has, you know, opinions and things it wants to do and wants to say. And behavior it wants to participate in. And so because the mind of the flesh is something we're always going to be needing to address, um, we need to be aware and not, again, we're not conscious. We're no longer, uh, we're alive unto God. We're not a sin being anymore, but we also still have the nature on the outside that will veer (laughs) off out of reverence and into carnality. Amen? So a reverent, when we're reverent, we're very mindful. We're, we're aware of what has tripped us up in the past. And we're always aware of where can I get better? Where, where, where can I make changes? Where can I improve? Where can I better develop? Amen? Amen. Um, go with me. If you would um, um, let's go to um, Se- Second Chronicles chapter 14. Second Chronicles chapter 14. Number two in this list. how many of you can s- just shout it out? Obedience. 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 The man, Holy Ghost said, the man God can make prosperous isn't the bold leader but the humble servant. When there's a struggle to obey God's written word and his leadings, we will struggle to receive. If you can't receive his word, you can't receive his provision. God is his word. And if you want his provision, you've got to receive him in the form that he's given himself to us. Don't decide what form you're willing to receive God. He has formed, he said, I, he is his word. This, this, Jesus was God's word made flesh. He's not making his word flesh that way anymore. He's given us his written word, the anointed word. And then he sent the Holy Spirit, the helper, took from heaven his divine presence to not just uh, dwell in us, but to fill us up, yeah. to be full of him. And so uh, if we don't honor his word and then the direct leadings of the spirit, then we've not honored him. Yeah. Yeah. And that means it's showing him how will we honor his substance that we, we uh, need to receive from him if we can't honor really who he is. Many people don't want who he is. They want what he has. We need to first want who he is. Amen? Um, So obedience. And then number three is reliance. Complete reliance. 2 Chronicles chapter 14. And look here when it starts. And I want to look this morning at two um, of the king's and see their example to us. How many of you know that this Bible talks about, the scripture talks about, we have been made kings and priests, haven't we? Okay, so I want to set this up. When we look at these kings, you understand they are representing our position right now. They're representing, so when we see what they did, were they born again? No, but God anointed them to be in that position. Just as now we are anointed to rule and reign in this life as kings, as priests, we don't need to go between anymore. We are our own. We come to God. We bring our sacrifice of praise. We bring the honor of our substance directly to him. So anytime you see a king or a priest represented, we need to look at what they did because it will show us our proper behavior. If you want to learn proper behavior, go back and see who had proper behavior. Amen? Uh, You want to see how to get past what you're struggling with? Go back and look at what they struggled with and how did they get past it. Amen? Amen. Um, So we see here with uh, King Asa, it says in verse 1, Well, look at uh, verse 2. And Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. We could stop right there and preach like 10 sermons. He did what was good and right. Notice he didn't just do what was right. He did what was good and right. If you're only looking to just do what's right so you can check the box and you're not interested in going beyond that and doing what's good, I'm interested in what's right before God. You know, your kids can do what's right, but they don't exactly have a good heart doing it. <laughs> They're just a little bit afraid if they don't do what's right of getting something that's, yeah, not good. <laughs> so Asa was interested in what was good and what was right. Not just to have, you know what re- religion is looking to just do what's right. You've got to do what's right, do what's right, do what's right, do what's right. You can rule in your own household. You can parent and just trying to get them to do what's right. Then you never show them what's good about serving God. What's good about fellowshipping with God? What's good about renewing your mind to God's word? Amen? Religion is trying to, and that's what man has done. Man has tried to come up with What's right? What's right? What's right? This is right. And uh, they've put people in bondage because of that, in an effort, because people are sincere and they they sincerely want to do what's right before God, but they don't understand his goodness. Amen? So we want to do what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. He took away the foreign altars and high places and broke down the idol pillars uh, or obelisk and cut down... The Ashram symbols of goddess Asherah and commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, to inquire of and for him and crave him as a vital necessity and to obey the law and the commandment. Also Asa took out of all the cities of Judah, Judah the idolatrous high places and incense altar, and the kingdom had rest under his reign. Look at that. When you get rid out of your life anything that would come before God, you say, what is an idol? And I have said this before, uh, man's own will and personal desire is the number one idol that comes before God. Uh, These people had built, you know what they really wanted? They wanted something they could see. It was a faith issue, and they wanted, you know, God is so-and-so and and God so-and-so that they could build and actually see with their own eyes and bring. They didn't have the faith with a God they couldn't see. And this is what happens. We can see our job, our bank account, the promotion. And so what do we do? We set that ahead of God. We set the business deals before God. We set everything ahead and in front of him, not before him, but we put it in front of him under the guise of, well, I'm, I'm gonna prosper so that I can bless his kingdom. And he's completely left out. The hours you spend doing with what he blessed you with, being a job, if those hours take the place over what he's told you to do, you have an idol. Why? Because you can see and you can clock in. You can clock in your increase. Right? What do people want to do? They want to be able to clock in. They want to be able to say, well, God, prosper me, you know, but now now I want to say this and I want to phrase this so that you understand God gives opportunity. And don't be the person when he provides you you opportunity, maybe it's overtime, you know, maybe it's to progress in whatever area that he has, um, you know, whatever job he's given you. By all means, (laughs) please do not try to use your faith when you need to be using your hands. (laughs) right, and proving yourself, you still work for man. And they need to see that the, the, a man or woman of God is the hardest worker, not the one that just trying to confess. Good. If you were here a few weeks ago when, um, you know, Brother Ken got up and gave his testimony... Well, the thing is, is Brother Ken, You know what I know about Brother Ken is when there was opportunity, when there was needing to be overtime, when things needed to be done, when a job needed to be done, he was the first one and the last one, making himself available to do that. So who are they gonna come and look for, right? And God will anoint you for that. God will bless you for taking another man and putting your faith on that business for it to prosper what you set your hand to it will prosper so you better be making sure you're setting your hand to everything he's made but at the same time that also is being led by the holy ghost you need to be led because at the same token you can work and 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 you can say god prosper me no you clocked in your prosperity he didn't do that and you clocked in so much prosperity, you clocked out of your position in the body. If it means that I have to clock out of where he's told me to be, and listen, go back and listen. I believe it was Monday night or Tuesday night of her teaching at the Miracle Crusade. Because Pastor Nancy gets into some of these things. If you don't take the place and the position you have in your time in the place and position you have in the body of Christ, If that is not first, then it doesn't matter your place, your position on the job. Don't bring yourself to the lower position to prioritize and build an altar to the lower position. Amen? You can't clock in the hours for prosperity and clock out of the increase that you need to bring to the body of Christ. Amen? So he takes down, he removes everything that you could see that was built, that the people wanted. They wanted a visual. They wanted to know what the God that they were going to worship was going to look like. It's called a lack of faith. It's not just dishonor, it's a lack of faith. Where there's dishonor, there is a lack of faith. Amen? Um, and it says, he built fortified cities in Judah for the land had rest. He had no war in those years for the Lord gave him peace. Therefore, he said to Judah, let us build these cities and surround them with walls, towers, gates, and bars. What's he doing? He's fortifying what God, fortifying what God had given them, taking care of it. This is what we do, folks, uh, when we decide that we're going to be a part of the building payoff, we are fortifying. Yes. What do we need to be free of? The banknote. Yeah, yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right now we're connected. That's the way God told us to do things. But God's highest flow is that we're no longer connected to the bank. We no longer answer. We have fortified ourselves by paying off this building, yeah. owing that to no man, yeah. right. right? Not owing that. That's part of fortifying. So we've got to remind ourselves, we're not just paying down a note, we're fortifying what God has blessed us with. This property, we're not just paying off the building, we're paying off this land that no man can touch this land. Right now, somebody in a credit union somewhere, right, has access to this property because of the covenant or the, you know, the, the note that we have with them. Praise God they've been good to us they've been favorable to us God has shown us great favor in that He'll show you great favor He'll give you the plan yeah. He gave Pastor Nancy the divine plan and we've heard that wonderful testimony of how the Holy Ghost led her to create to come up with the divine plan that three times she spoke at it and on the third time that woman heard the divine plan of God uh-huh. She heard it now with anointed ears instead of man's ears yeah. It just took, just kept saying it, just kept saying it. And so what did we do? We were able to take and refinance everything and get this place secured for the next few years. But you understand fortifying this place means paying it off, paying it off. No one can come in and tell us you can't be here anymore. Your loans do, you know, we need this, we need that. We'll be free of that. This is why you need to be interested in the payoff of this building. Asa was interested in the fortifying. He didn't just remove the idols. He was interested in fortifying what God had given them. And that's what the the good kings, they would go back and they would refer back to David. They would go back to Abraham. God had sent Abraham, removed him from his land, sent him to this land to establish his covenant. And because of famine, they went back to Egypt right, go back to Egypt, and then God delivers them and brings them back here by those who would obtain it by faith, this was their place. And Asa was not okay with just going, well, we'll worship God, but I'm not gonna put my hand in our money and our finances. What did it require to fortify the city? It took finances. It took the substance of the people and the prosperity of the people to be able to protect what God had blessed them with. What God said was theirs. So he built fortified cities. No more. We're not not just going to be left to whoever wants to come in and show up. We're fortifying this place. Fortify. How do you fortify yourself with God's word? And praying in the spirit. The scripture says building yourself up on your most holy faith. The word of God in your mouth, it builds his kingdom in your life. The word of God in your mouth builds his kingdom in your life and praying in the spirit builds yourself up and strengthens you in the faith that you have in his word. Amen? If you're struggling to have faith in his word, we were always taught praying in the spirit puts the muscle to the faith it doesn't give you faith but it strengthens the faith that you have the measure that you have it adds the muscle to it amen you can have it you can be running that faith on four or you can have it on ten whatever you wish whatever you're willing to put the time into amen so we can fortify our own selves Therefore he said to Judas, let us build these cities, surround them with walls, towers, gates, and bars. The land is still ours because we sought the Lord our God. We have sought him yearning, look at this, yearning for him with all our desire. You wonder why he had peace. People wonder why he had peace and why other kings did not. He yearned for God with all his desire. And he has given us rest and peace on every side. So they built, look at this. If you don't have this underline, underline it. So they built and prospered. 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 We are anointed to take ground for the kingdom of God to build and to prosper. But if we do not have the first portion of this scripture in operation in our lives, that is, the land is still ours because we sought the Lord our God. We have sought him, yearning for him with all our desire. He has given us rest and peace on every side, so they built and prospered. Yearning for him, desiring for him. Where is your desire? Is it at 25% today? Is it at 30%? Is it at 50%? 75% do you desire from him? Or is it all of you? That doesn't mean you don't give any time or any effort towards anything else in your life. That's not what that's saying. That's saying that you're taking his word, you're fortifying your family, your finances, your health, your mind. And you're building, interested in building his kingdom first. Now it says here, Asa had an army of 300,000 men of Judah who bore bucklers and spears. 280,000 out of Benjamin who bore shields and drew bows. Almighty men of courage there came out against Judah. Zerah the Ethiopian with a host of a million. That is too many to be numbered and 300 chariots and came as far as... and then Asa went out against him. And they set up their lines of battle in the valley of uh, Zephthah and Marisha, Asa cried. Notice this when Asa gets out before his army because his eyes had already been on the Lord. His attention, his affection, his desire, Notice that his affection, his attention, and his desire was already on the God of victory. How many times do we come up and face a need and suddenly we realize we've got to turn our attention, our affection, and desire back to victory? (gasps) As my husband says, you've asked yourself, what am I going to do at least twice? You probably don't know. You know, you've tried to deal with it in the natural, and suddenly we come back to prayer and believe in God. But Asa received a quick victory because Asa had already, and the kingdom of God had already, Judah had already been practicing in setting their affection, their desire, and their interest on the God of victory. So when a victory was needed, they were already in the flow. You can stay in the flow of victory. You can be continually in a flow of victory so that when victory needs to be declared into a situation, it's as easy as lifting your hands, rejoicing, your eyes are already on him, your affection, your attention, your giving, right? When we go back and look, and we're going to look at some others, their substance, their materials, their sacrifice was already being brought to the temple, They didn't run and need to get, you know, get desperate to give a special offering so that they could get something from God. This we're talking about a flow of prosperity. Say a flow. A flow of prosperity. I'm I'm interested in the flow. I am not interested in the moments. Amen? And what started all this off, if you remember is what God is bringing this ministry into and the fact that I want this place, we be first funders. First funders, amen? We're first funders. Look no further, the money comes here first. The materials come here first. The equipment comes here first. The divine ideas come here. Somebody has to get them and they need to be in this congregation first, amen? but we're teaching ourselves, we're learning how they come. Victory will come here first, because our desires are right. We're interested in fortifying his kingdom, fortifying this place. We're interested in fortifying our minds, our families, our homes on the word of God, building ourselves up in our most holy faith, because we're interested in a flow and not just a moment. Amen. Amen? not just the one lump sum we don't want the one lump sum check i want everybody in this place and it to such a degree that the flow of prosperity through you this next year is going to exceed every other year every other year the flow through you not just to you but through you I'm not interested in the flow coming from the TV. I want the flow to be first through you. Amen. 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 This teaching is not going to the TV audience, it's going to you. Amen. It's what God is instru- instructing to you. So let's take it for ourselves. Amen. 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 Asa cried to the Lord his God, Oh Lord, there is none beside you to help. Oh, I gotta stop for a second, because this gets me so thrilled when I read this. It takes everything I have to stay in my seat when I'm reading this at home. And it makes no difference to you whether the one you help is mighty or powerless. It makes no difference to you whether the one you help is mighty or powerless. Meaning it doesn't matter if the world says you've got nothing, you've been nowhere, you have nothing, you're never gonna be anything. He said it doesn't matter whether the one you help is mighty or powerless, help us. Oh Lord God for we it doesn't matter whether we're the biggest congregation or the smallest congregation the newest congregation or the oldest congregation it doesn't matter your age your social standing your color your ethnicity it's what he's saying is it doesn't matter it makes no difference to God prosperity is not about anything natural, but everything to do with his kingdom and your spiritual standing. The natural may tell you your bank account is powerless to get that home, to start that business. But Asa said, it makes no difference whether you're mighty or we're powerless. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rely on you. We go against this multitude in your name, O Lord. You are our God. Let no man, look at this, let no man prevail against you. Let no man prevail against you. Let no man prevail. Your victory is about the devil trying to prevail through you against God. If you will stop taking things personally, well, why did this happen to me? Well, why am I still struggling? Well, why, this, the devil's got you looking exactly where he wants you to look, at you. But because Asa was practiced in reverence, in honor, in obedience, in reliance on God when he was faced where it looked like they were powerless, they were outnumbered, it said a million and the reason they use that is because there was too many. Too many to count. And God's people were faced in what looked like a powerless situation. And Asa declared what he believed in his heart. Because the flow of his life had been out of his heart. Notice he had been living out of his heart all this time. The kingdom of Judah reflected Asa's heart. This church is going to reflect your heart. It's going to reflect the, the desires of your heart. How far we go in prosperity is going to reflect your heart, not my heart. Because at this point, we are fitly joined together. We are now the body. Asa had the ability and the authority to... Because he was the anointed one to be king to decide some things. I can't decide for your household the reverence that you hold. I can't decide for your finances. I can't call for you to bring your tithes, your offerings, to pay for the, uh, put money in the building fund, to put money in any opportunity to give. It says in 2 Corinthians. Now it says it's up to us. He must decide in his own heart whether he's gonna be generous, whether he's gonna be obedient. Amen? It's left up to you. But right now what Asa's is showing is I'm going to decide for Judah because I'm the king anointed. And because he had shown reverence to God and established reverence in that kingdom, Asa's heart was reflected on the day of victory. That wasn't God. That was Asa's heart. Asa's heart brought an entire nation deliverance our heart for God is going to provide so many the deliverance that they need. Our heart turned towards him, everything torn down that would come in between his plan, the fire of God coming down, the anointing of God being manifested, the glory of God coming in a greater way, the things that those have seen, those prophets have seen and declared are going to happen, the miracle signs and wonders. Doctor talked about the fire of God going up through California. I have not quit on what the prophet is seen. And it is up to us. What's going to fill this place is the glory of God, the reverence of God. What she talked about this week is reverence and honor is what multiplies the miracles. If we want miracles in this place, which will bring prosperity to this place, because God funds those who are doing his works. Asa was doing his works, amen? And in the face of great opposition that would have looked like it would have taken them out because his heart was already turned towards God, his eyes didn't have to look at the natural. If you find yourself overwhelmed by the natural, it's because your eyes have been off of. Amen? They've been off of the God of all victory. Amen? So he says, O Lord, there is none beside you to help, and it makes no difference to you whether the one you help is mighty or powerless. Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rely on you and we go against this multitude in your name, O Lord. You are our God. Let no man prevail against you. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Asa and the people with him pursued them to Gerard, and the Ethiopians were overthrown, so that none remained alive, for they were destroyed before the Lord. And his host who carried away very much booty and they smote all the cities around Jerar. for the fear of the Lord came upon them. They plundered all the cities for there was much plunder in them. They smote also the cattle encampments and carried away sheep in abundance and camels and they returned to Jerusalem. Asa, Asa, he set his heart towards God, kept his heart towards God, and declared and directed everyone else's heart be towards God. Therefore, everyone else got delivered. The nation got delivered. It matters, parents in your home, where you set your affection. It matters. It matters matters what you have as an idol in your home. If the government is your deliverance, you'll teach your children that the government will be your deliverance. And they'll forever be dependent on men. If you teach your children that education is their deliverance. I'm not against education. I'm talking about, you understand, God can take and anoint you to go into a profession, to have divine ideas, to go to school. I'm not talking about that. I'm, you understand, I'm talking about where does your help come from? Yeah. Yeah. Education doesn't help me. I help education. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You can have that mentality as a believer. Education doesn't help me. It doesn't deliver me. But I take education and I bring victory and deliverance yeah. to the body of Christ, yeah. finances yeah. to the body of Christ. Yeah. It's the mentality. It's a developed, being a developed man that you see everything as an opportunity to reverence the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Um, I, I don't have time to go on to the next one. <laughs> um, I, uh, we have next week, guys. Because <sighs> if you think this is good, Oh, just wait till we get to Jehoshaphat. Um, no, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. I, I think we need to wrap it up. Because if I go any further, you'll, you'll, we'll get through lunch. And um, I would love to. But um, let me make sure we don't want to go any further. So I, and I want to leave you with those, these things today. You know, sometimes you can get, like, too full. You know what I mean? And you can't do anything. Have you ever done that? you too much, and then it's thanks to We cannot have every Sunday be Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just so much that you just roll out, and you don't produce anything. Nobody is productive on Thanksgiving Day. Too full. I want to take with what, you to take with what you've been given and let's start putting these things into practice and putting these things into operation. Amen. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at Ministries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.